0: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook.
1: Cam, I want you to re-rack that question you asked me right before the – oh, by the way, who was the winner of our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine?
0: Congrats to Sean Kenow, who said he usually listens to the app today, listening on his uh, radio station, and he was able to win. Nice. Because the app's usually behind. Congratulations,
1: Sean. We'll get that in the mail to you ASAP. So why don't you re-rack the question that you asked me right before we went to break?
0: I think it was something like, if you're a Texas fan – and this, it sounds like a stupid question, but I think as a Texas fan, you'll understand what I mean by it. Are you happy with being ranked as the number one team in the Big Twelve media preseason poll?
1: I'm, I'm gonna lean on you because I'm, I'm far removed from my fandom. Right? I'm just I'm kind of cynical media member at this point. When you've been on the beat as long as I have. But you're not that far removed from your legit fandom, Cam, and I would say you still got there's still some of that that resides,
0: yeah, for sure, somewhere always.
1: somewhere in the cockles of your heart. So yeah, for all things burn orange. You know, Matt Butler made a just a, a fantastic point uh, a few years ago on Longhorn Blitz, and, and I want I want to say we were talking it was in relation to quarterbacks, and there was a time at Texas where whether it was quarterback or whatever it was about the program, it was in such a good place under Mac Brown. That Texas fans got almost got as excited about the unknown, or more excited about the unknown than they did the known, right? Like you know, oh Chris Sims is leaving, like oh man, but just just wait, just wait till Vince Young, just wait till Vince Young takes over, or you know, you lose. I don't know. Just pick a guy at a position. Like you lose this guy. Oh wait, we got we got somebody else coming in. We got somebody else coming in. And I I think where that kind of started to wane a little bit was man, what are you gonna do when Colt leaves? What's gonna happen when Colt leaves? It's like oh wait till Garrett Gilbert takes over at quarterback. Like it, it's gonna be great. And I think that was right around the time Texas fans went from craving the unknown and putting more stock into the unknown than the known to where the unknown started to scare the hell out of this fan base and expectations started to worry this fan base. And I say that because, and, and feel free fans texting this. I'm, I'm going to need, I'm going to need your, your feedback on the spec text line three, three, seven, three, seven, seven, six. I said this, maybe this was last year, but the, the big, the biggest thing about polls cam to me, whether this the preseason media poll or, uh, You know, an in-season poll. You remember 2018 with Texas, where they get up to like six in the country, I think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's just this, and I'm not, I don't even think this is a majority, but I think there's a healthy portion of this fan base that can't properly gauge expectations. And I don't think that's exclusive to Texas. I think a lot of fan bases deal with that. Either... It's the drizzling, you know what's, and they're the worst team in the country, and they don't deserve to be ranked, and the coach is a bum, and blah 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 blah. It's all the sky is falling, glass half empty. But then when you get to you know where you're top ten, you're six in the country, like they were in in 2018. It's oh man, this is this is great, and we're you know we're going to think about the playoff and the Big Twelve championship game. It's like whoa whoa whoa, they, you you gotta find a, a, a somewhere in the middle, close to the closer to the middle. To, to get a reaction than being at one opposite end of the spectrum from each other. And I, I did see quite a few comments on whether it was social media, uh, not as much on, on the flagship message board at Torrance 24-7 because, Cam, you know this being in the message board community as long as you have. I like guess it's, it's a different kind of fan that's on the message boards yeah. daily. It's the fan that they, they are reading every bit of information uh, they can they can get their hands on. It's like I say this all the time about Horns twenty four seven. There's a lot of really good sites, really good companies that produce content for Texas, and I've always said, hey, you know, if 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 we're not your number one, if Horns twenty four seven isn't your number one, as long as we're one of the places you go to get information and, and form an opinion, that's all that's all I ask for same thing with the longhorn blitz and maybe you're not the pod the number one podcast you listen to but as long as you make us part of your your listening rotation mm-hmm. then that's all we can ask for uh so a lot of a lot I think the message board fans are the other group that they just consume so much information as much as they possibly can really getting into the nitty gritty so i i say that to say the message board reaction was uh, it was kind of what i expected but in gen pop it was more of you know, oh, gosh, this is terrible, you know, let the season start. Let them play games before you rank them. Like, we got this text that says, no, 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 should be two. So I don't know who this texter think the number one team, the best team in the conference is. Maybe it's K-State who won the league last year. Maybe it's TCU who was in the national championship game. But this texter says they should be two. Uh, Pastor Smasher says, so who was last year's predicted winner, in the poll. I'll go back and pull that Baylor. up in a minute. Oh, it was it was Baylor? Baylor, Baylor was?
0: number one, Oklahoma two, Oklahoma State three, Texas four. Okay. So they were 0 for two for that. <laughs>
1: uh This text says, I do not like it. When is the last time Texas performed well under that much pressure or any amount of pressure? 09. For that matter.
0: It's got to be 09, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I don't. The pressure thing, I think if your culture is right, I don't think the pressure thing is that Matters, big of a deal. Yeah. You know, because you're able to to properly gauge expectations. Look, on, on the outside, the, the expectations are going to be what they're going to be. And, and trust me, there have been some Texas coaches over the years uh, that I think consume themselves too much with what, you know, it, it's, it's funny. And Sark, Sark is even guilty of this. You know, it's like. We don't. We don't read what you guys write. We don't hear what you guys say. But then it's like, but I know. I know none of you guys picked us to win this game. How would you know nobody picked you if you're not reading anything mm-hmm. or listening to anything? So it, it, that is what it is. But uh, you know, it's there, coach speak. But right? there, there, I've known there are some coaches. There have been some coaches that will say they don't care what gets written about. They don't care what gets said. But you know, based on their reactions when the camera's not on and when the microphones are off. You know, based on the reactions, that they really did care maybe too much about what was written and what was said. I really do feel, at the end of the day, like Steve Sarkeesian really doesn't care what gets said or what gets written about his team. Obviously, within reason, right? If it's if it's a blatant, malicious attack on a, on a player, especially, or anything like that, uh, Sark will step in at that point and, and defend his guy. But... Uh, I think that's kind of what he's done with the Xavier Worthy thing. I think he's done what he has, what he could do publicly in the court of public opinion to defend Xavier Worthy as, I guess, clean, cleanly for lack of a better term, I guess as cleanly as he could. But I, I don't think Sark is sitting in the football office right now, Cam, going to Horns 24-7 or any of the other sites and reading you know, the Insider or anybody else's VIP notes or listening to podcasts or whatever. I just don't think he is. He might have somebody – that will tell him something that needs his attention. But Sark doesn't strike me as the guy that is actively seeking that stuff out. Yeah. So that said, so the internal expectations, I think Sark understands, look, they're going to be what they're going to be. There's nothing you can do about it. What are the expectations internally? And I go back to that podcast he was on with Greg McElroy, and I've always said this, Cam, from the start, Sark has done a really good job of not backing himself into a corner with anything he said. He hasn't made like some kind of grandiose statement that we can go back to and be like, oh, oh remember when you said this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit different. The, the one exception would maybe be the transfer portal thing when uh, he was on, I forget the name of the Ryan Clark podcast. The pivot? Yes, about, hey, if you get in the portal, you're not coming back or whatever. Maybe that comes back at some point. But, you know, other than that, and that even might be stretching it, uh, Sark has done a really good job of not backing himself into a corner. But you go back to that podcast he did with Greg McElroy, where he said, we've kind of been building toward this kind of looking, maybe looking at the 2023 season is when you really got your house in order and you can go compete for a conference championship. And they competed for a conference championship last year. I mean, if you, go, if you go into the last weekend of the regular season, you go into your finale mathematically still alive for a conference championship. Then depending on what school you're at, you can look at Texas. I've always said eight and four in the regular season, is the ultimate gray area, right? If you're nine and three, you say unequivocally, yeah, that was a good year. If you're seven and five, say, no, that wasn't that year wasn't up to snuff. Eight and four is the the, the very definition of gray area. For me, it's always been that way. Um but to hear Sark say that they've kind of been building toward this and, and, and you just look at there's been some years, Cam where we've looked at this roster and people from the outside will look at it and say, Oh, well, they've got the The recruiting classes that make up this roster were ranked, you know, they were top ten, top twelve classes in the country. You know, they should they they should be really good. Well, yeah, but how many guys from that certain class are left on the roster?
0: Actually, played meaningful snaps, and games. that's
1: the other thing. Of the guys that are left, how many are playing meaningful snaps? And you've we, you've had some years where, yeah, you might have a, a decent sized group of seniors, but how many of those guys are you really counting on to help you win games? I I said it the other day. We talk about the 2015 season. I said before that, before that year, I, I spoke to a lunch group in Houston, and a, a couple of the people in the the audience there were gobsmacked that I would say this. I said, they said, "Well, what kind? What do you think?" I said, "I, I think this team's going to struggle to get ball eligible." I said, I, "I think four and eight is a real possibility." And they're like, "Why?" It's like, look at how young they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm like, especially if like let's say I'm like whether it's Tyrone Swoops or Gerard Hurd, you've got a guy. Swoops basically didn't play at all his freshman year. So you basically got a guy with at that point one year of college experience. You got Gerard Hurd coming off a of redshirt year. We knew at that point Connor Williams and Patrick Vahe, were going to start. So you're starting two true freshman offensive linemen. I'm like, your best wide receiver might be John Burt, also a true freshman. How many true freshmen are you going to starting on defense? Malik Jefferson started the opener and Charles and Menahu, Holton Hill, there were quite a few guys that that staff didn't want to play early. They wanted a red shirt, but then they realized they're the best we got. They they got to play, so you could kind of see the writing on the wall there for what that roster looked like. In theory, was it talented, quote unquote talented? Yeah, because especially where some of those freshmen were ranked. But you have to play a lot of those freshmen. That's not the case with this Texas roster. This Texas roster has some experience, and experience at the positions where you need to be experienced. They're experienced at quarterback. They're experienced on the offensive line. They've got experience on the, at the offensive skill positions. In my opinion, the best tight end in the country, not named Brock Bowers. You got experience on the interior D line, experience at linebacker, safety, up the central nervous system of the defense. Ryan Watts is an all big 12 caliber guy. Janae Barron's an all big 12 caliber guy. Barron Sorrell quietly had a really good year last year. So you got experience, you got talent, you have got talent to depth in some spots. I, I'm not ta- I've said this before, Cam. So at the risk of repeating myself, I'll say I, I'm not talking myself into this Texas roster being number one, experienced enough, or number two, talented enough to go win a conference championship. Like you, you can see it. There is tangible evidence from last year that tells you they've got the goods to go get the job done.
0: That is exactly it, Jeff. Because it feels like ever since '09, every season you're as a Texas fan, you try and talk yourself up into this year. Well, if David Ash can stay healthy, well, if Gerard Hurt is his next guy, well, 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 well. It's Sterling
1: Gilbert gets this thing figured out.
0: Oh, Lord. <laughs> but going back to '09, that was the last time Texas was picked to finish number one in the Big 12 preseason standings. Mm-hmm. They have not been picked first since then. They have not finished first since then. So I think a good specs text came in saying the Big 12 media has done a pretty good job of where Texas stands over the years. They've, you know, been pretty close to where Texas is finished. Yeah. And I agree last season, number four, finished, what, number three.
1: I I wrote that article either last year or the year before because some of those same media members that vote in the poll are, are the ones that will qu- be quick on Twitter to make the Texas' back jokes. And I'm like, well, actually, if you look at it, they finished fourth in the conference, and they were fifth in the preseason poll, so by your definition, didn't they it, It's not where you want Texas to be, but yeah, if you want to get nitpicky about it, uh, but yeah, I agree, Cam, and I'll, I'll see if I can pull up that article. Uh, I, I think I know I wrote it either last year or the year before. Just kind of looking at the history of it, I was I was surprised going back and looking at it. I was like, dude, like more often than not, the media that covers the league is pretty close to accurate. I think 2010 would probably be the one year where they weren't. But even at that point, you're still you were still ranking, you know, the six teams in one division. You had the Big Twelve South rankings and the North rankings. It was, dude. I had to do this for, I didn't get the media poll, but we we were doing some in-house stuff at 24-7 Sports, and I got uh, my ballot, and all the Big 12 publishers had to contribute to this. And it was like, hey, rank everybody 1 to 14. I'm like, dude, you know how insanely hard that is? <laughs> like, I felt like at some point in the middle, I was like, I feel like I almost feel like I'm just, I just, if I throw darts, I'd be... As accurate as I would be if I just put some real thought into it.
0: Where did you pick Cincinnati I, to finish?
1: I think I had Cincinnati like in the – I can't even tell you the exact number. I want to say it was like the, like, the nine to nine? Twel- like the 9 to 12 range. Yeah, something like that. How, it-
0: to go off topic here, if you're a West Virginia fan in the first year – with all the new additions and you're pick to finish dead last, man, it's gotta be tough to be a mountaineer right now. Man, the
1: the morale of that fan base is at an all time low because I I went and checked out uh Chris Anderson and Mike who do a really good job running dot com our West Virginia site at twenty four seven sports. I love looking at their message board and there were posts along the lines of you know they're picked last, they're going to go six and six, and Neil Brown will rightfully be able to say they blew expectations out of the water <laughs> with like an eighth place finish in the conference. I'm like, "Well, that's, you know well, that's that wrong. That's, a, that's a fan base. That, and, and Texas, Texas fans, you know you've been there some years. You're, uh, you're looking at it too you're being too realistic. You're realistic almost to your detriment at that point
0: it feels like last year jeff where the big 12 was was pretty open because we didn't know what to expect out of oklahoma you mentioned baylor was picked to finish first because coming off of dave Randis' first year you thought okay he's picking up right where matt roll left off wasn't the case you had tcu and k-state the big 12 title game the preseason poll six teams with the first place vote and i could argue argue for all five five of the six teams someone picked oklahoma state I don't know about that finishing first place. I know I'm my not going to name I'm reputation. not going to name
1: names, but if the person I'm thinking of got a ballot, I know exactly who. Uh, I got a pretty good idea who would have voted Oklahoma State number yeah,
0: one. Yeah, I think we all do. But <laughs> you, could, you could argue Texas, K State, Oklahoma, Tech, TCU, sure. But it feels like this season, whereas of the, last, the years in the past, you're kind of trying to talk yourself into Texas. It feels like this season, probably with the poll now, is like, okay, can you talk yourself out of it? Like, what has to go wrong for Texas not to be good? And when you compare it up against these other teams and all the questions, the unknowns, the roster rebuilds for TCU, for Oklahoma State, we don't know what Oklahoma's going to be like in Z year two.
1: Is Tech really ready to yeah, take that next Joy step? is Joey
0: McGuire really that next guy? What is K-State going to do without Skylar Thompson, without Deuce Vaughn?
1: I, I want to see who's that team that's going to come from the middle towards the bottom of the pack and and be a team that maybe they don't get in the conference championship game, but they have a say in who does. Based on winning maybe a couple games that they shouldn't, where was, Iowa where, State where, where, maybe. Where was, where was Kansas in that? You got the preseason. Bowl yeah, in front of you, K-
0: KU nine, Iowa State ten.
1: I, I, can as crazy as it might sound, yeah, Kansas is my surprise team in the league. If Jalen you,
0: Daniel stays healthy, if he
1: stays healthy, when you got an X factor like him, it's it, all bets are off, man. But, he he can he can win you a couple of games just by himself. If you if you can and the thing that I like about what Lance Leipold did last year, you look at a lot of their, Pretty much, pretty much with the exception of the Texas game, they were in every ball game, just about in the fourth quarter, with a chance to win. Like that Kansas State game that they lost, they they had a chance. They just they could not. Their defense could not stop K
0: State. Started off five and zero, won their Big Twelve opener against Iowa State, and then. Lost to TCU by a touchdown. And Daniels
1: got hurt in the TCU. Yeah.
0: Lost to Oklahoma by 10. Lost to Baylor by 12. Beat Oklahoma State in a thrashing. Lost to Tech by 15 points. And then the blowout loss to Texas. And then the 20-point loss to K-State.
1: But even those losses, man, like the Oklahoma one was back and forth for a long time until Oklahoma pulled away. There was That was your throwback Big yeah. 12 game. That was like the 56-40-something. to 56-46 or something like that. Fifty-two, forty-two. It was there was no defense played in Norman that day.
0: I think you talked about it about the defensive line. It's just depending on, you know, where will their offensive and defensive line be at the end of the season because they're going to be less talented and less bigger than a lot of the other Big Twelve teams. And then can they stay healthy? But they there, it does seem like Lance Leopold has got those guys believing in the culture. And that's huge compared to like a West Virginia where you got guys who you know on a week to week basis yeah, well, might be quitting Bra- the Neil team. Neil
1: Brown is Neil Brown is dead man walking, you know.
0: Yeah, this is his last year. If you if you could bet on him being the first coach fired of the Big Twelve, I would do it.
1: Heck yeah, no no doubt. But Although
0: are, I don't know who the other five coaches are <laughs> coming in.
1: Can you tell me? Oh, can you can you tell me who the 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 uh, incoming coaches are? The the four newcomers.
0: Uh, so UCF, that's still that Gus Malzahn. Is it Gus Malzahn? Malzahn. Guy. Yep. BYU, um, he's, he's been I there. For I a can minute. see his face. Houston is uh, Dana, of course. Cincinnati, they hired Scott Satake Siderfield?
1: Is, Kalani Satake is the head coach at, at BYU. There go.
0: Did Cincinnati hire Scott Siderfield? Yes, they did. Okay, and then who's the other team that joined? I think it's all right. That's it. Yeah. All right. It so. Cool.
1: Four? Three or four. Kind of
0: like that that fifth donut, you know, I like wasn't all the way done with it. But I had the I, I was close to it. <laughs> uh
1: Bizarro Dell Dudley says the end uh couldn't care less about a ranking now, the end of the season is what matters. Exactly. That's another thing. Yeah. Another texture says known factor number one, Sark has never won anything meaningful before anywhere.
0: Well, the... okay, so now your my argument against that that was is well Tom Herman won some meaningful games at Houston. That help at Texas or at the end of his career?
1: No. Char- Charlie Strong won, yeah. won a lot of games at Louisville.
0: Played in a New Year's Six Bowl, had a Heisman yeah. winner. Yeah. Doesn't always mean everything.
1: Actually, Charlie didn't coach uh, Lamar Jackson. That was that was Texas A and M offensive Sorry, coordinator Teddy Bridgewater, Bobby Petrino,
0: Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Couldn't bring anything. I mean, he brought Sean Watson with him from Louisville. Just that's. Of, of When I write the book of my time on the beat, that might be a chapter. I might need more than one chapter for the Sean Watson regime mm-hmm. calling plays. Is it going to
0: be titled, Who's the OC again?
1: <laughs> As a Texas fan right now, all the accolades. Rat poison, show me something on the field. Win the close games. We've talked a lot about that. Sark, four and ten in games decided by eight points or less mm-hmm. at Texas. Says, I just hope we can get through fall camp without losing a top wide receiver to injuries. Knock on wood. Exactly. Uh, hair of the dog says Sark. Show me, don't tell me. Poll is stupid to begin with. More Britney talk. I, I'll be honest. I love banter. <laughs> I'm I'm about done with Britney Spears and and Victor Wimbanyama.
0: See, Jeff, you see the now the new reports coming out about her like clawing her way. The Wembanyama's back. Yeah, I'm the, telling you.
1: It's, uh, it, I should have I should have given that news the news cycle a little more time to play out. And now that it has, it. Uh, Another layer to that story. Uh, this texture says to me it was not a, it's not about the pressure; it's about the hype. In the past, we were rated highly because we were Texas. The way this team is built this year, the projection feels warranted. Cam, that's exactly what we've been talking about. Different way of saying it, but that's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I like this texture. Ricardo from Galveston says I use two sites for Texas info. Horns twenty four seven is one of them. Said great resources. That being said, there's no excuse for Texas not to be in the Big Twelve championship. That's my bar. Get to Arlington. You got to at least get to Arlington. We'll get to some more of these texts.